Yo, what is up, Headhunters, Executive Creator, Search for Owners, and all you beautiful people. Guys, I am amazingly super duper excited, thrilled <laughs> about the show. The guys uh, backstage are me, but I always say I'm excited about the show. So in this case, I'm not excited at all, but we're going to have Ben Mina from the no, Elite Recruiter Ben, no, it's Ben. Ben, ben, ben again, well, and I was, Sorry, I was making fun of you. I wasn't making fun of you. I was making fun of Ben actually, because Ben, like, tip a lot of times he introduces his podcast where he's like, I'm, I'm, you know, really excited about. Oh, this. I thought you were talking about me. And, yeah. Oh, I guess you know. Well, why, why not? Both? Well, in that case, in that case, we are both very excited. <laughs> uh, this is David Seven Patterson. You may know his DSP. It's not Mina. It's not Mena, which we were it's both Mena. wrong. It, it's Mena, like Mena, 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 like Mena. Like Menon or men meningitis, yeah, like meningitis, like real men, or like that. Uh, well, like he's gonna be a good show. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, by the way, we have uh, Chris West right over here. This is a good-looking guy to my uh, right over here, and this very wise-looking old man over here, Neil Lebovitz, uh, also known as the Boss. He doesn't like me calling him that, but uh, <laughs> it's in the title. Anyway, that said, let's let's rock this out. So Ben Mena. Uh, ben is the host of the Elite Recruiter Podcast. I know many of you guys have heard about it because it's it's pretty big. It's uh, I think it's been now a year and a half, two years. It's been running. Uh, he's had some amazing people on the show. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the lessons he's learned from other recruiters, some of their top lessons. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a a really really good show. But but first though, guys, I wanted to uh, to chat with you here, uh, Chris and uh, and Neil. Um, I want to ask you before we bring Ben in, what is your favorite elite recruiter episode? Put you on the spot. What's your favorite episode well, with, with which, which guest? Uh, well, when I was on the show, me. It was a pretty good one. It would be um, you. Yeah. Oh, but the, at the DSP episode, I, you, yeah, it was actually I a real turning point in my career to listen to that one. Yeah, I think there was two of them. Weren't what? you on there twice? Uh, three times. Three times, actually. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I missed one. Yeah. Yeah. Son of a. David, it's a yeah. question of which of your appearances was the most profound, not the who. Yeah. Out of yours, which one shaped lives the most? For exactly. me, I don't know. Because they're all different. Because that's what the show is about. It's about me, really, being on Ben's show. But anything else. And the show <laughs> is about you here, too. I try to get as that's much DSP. That's why we're DSP flanking you here. You know, I like as much DSP-ness in me as I can get. DSP-ness. Thank you. Oh. There's plenty to go DSP around, like sir. This this plenty sandwich DSP has a lot like of meat that. in the middle. I'm just... This is already going downhill okay. quick. Well, this guys, not, this is not direction whatsoever. Yeah, I meant well, well, guys, like this. If you're if you're watching this live, do me a favor, comment live so we know that you can hear us. If you're watching the replay, comment replay. People more and more have been commenting replay, which is great. So, guys, please do that because we would love to see who's listening to the show. Um, and with that said, let's bring Ben on. You guys ready to talk to Ben? Now that we've uh, talked about me enough. He might. Wait, uh, well, but he, let's he can it. talk about you too. Let's ask him about you. Let's do that. Yes, Before that. you bring him in, Ben, oh, yeah. uh, he, he's very handsome. Okay, let's start with that. And he's very fit. Like I remember just he's my first time, he's like running like half marathons around Washington, D.C., if I recall. Mm -hmm. And he just shaved in the green right before he came on. So mm -hmm. let's see if he has a five o'clock shadow. 10 minutes into it because he was did. totally clean like Chris right now. Totally let's take a look we watched we watched him do it oh my god oh i grew back 
It's amazing how fast it grows. Oh, man. It's like that episode where Homer Simpson shaved, and then it just came back, like, immediately. Shoot. We're going to put you in the middle right here. There we go. Oh, there you are. Perfect. Oh, oh, perfect. Look at that. I'm stuck in the middle with you. So, Ben. So, so Ben. So, so tell us. So, confirm the audience. You shaved right before we went live. Literally four minutes before we went live. No, you are. Are you serious or not? Because I think you're serious when you told us that or no. When did you last shave? Last night? Like yesterday. Dude, this is three. This is like two years of growth. I'll have to shave a little here. I look like, I don't know. I, What's amazing with Ben is it's always the exact same amount of growth. Like it's the exact same every time. I don't know. You know what? I'm so jealous of that because David had it. David still does, except he covers it with a full beard. I love, like, I always wanted that GQ look. Like, I feel like you do so much with it. I feel like, like I've lost. Well, the like, DSP is like mastered the beard. Like, I have not mastered the beard. I've mastered the, the five o'clock shadow because literally it's like five o'clock by the time I, from the day I shaved. But DSP is like got it all nice, trimmed, perfect, looking good, manly. I'm like, eh, we'll keep it like this. Well, he's really leaning into the bear look at this point. That is true. That's, like, he's really owning that. Right, well, that's our show is... for today, everyone. I hope you learned a lot. And... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. This, see you next time. This is why I came on. Um, well, uh, well, Ben. All right. So, so let's. So, for those who aren't familiar with you, right? Uh, I'm sure most people who are watching this either now or in when we replay this. Are familiar with you, but um, you're you're the host. Well, you're a recruiter, right? First and foremost, you're you're yep. independent recruiter. You're solo, uh, 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 run your own firm, but you're also the host of the Elite Recruiter Podcast. Where is this man? Yeah, so he says this man crush hour. Yes, it is man crush hour. Um, but uh, and I'm a crushing on your Elite Recruiter Podcast show, uh, but mainly because I've been on the three times, but. You've had some really amazing people on there, and yeah. you've actually got some really good numbers. Um, so tell us about that. Like, t- tell us about a, a bit about for those who don't know about the Elite Recruiter Podcast, what you do, who you interview, what it's all about. So the Elite Recruiter Podcast, and I'll, I'll say this for you, Chris. I'm always excited about the guest that comes on. But what it is is, <laughs> what it is is like, I think they're I talking about me when they made when they made that comment before we went live. <laughs> I, like I interview a lot of the top recruiters, you know, if you're in the Hurt group, it's many of our peers and what they're doing is, you know, I'm trying to share the stories of like what they're doing for our success. Some of the things, the tips and tricks to really just help like level up the entire community. So, you know, I've had Chris on, I've had DSP on multiple times. Neil's actually, if you want a good laugh, like I asked him a long time ago, if he wants to be on, he just ignored my message. <laughs> Oh my god! No wonder he wanted to be on this show. He just wanted to call you out live. Here we go. I can't. So it's funny you say that because to David's point with Ben and your history, everyone and their brother got on the podcast bandwagon, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I didn't didn't dismiss you on per. I remember being good, but I remember just giving you how impressive was that you stood out from that whole crowd of everyone doing it. And I remember just seeing your viewership and really good stuff and the good people and to your to kudos. I don't remember blowing it off per se, but I remember when you first started, you were one of a hundred people. Like there's so many podcasts out there. People I've never heard well, of. And it was cool. You did a great job, you know? Well, thank you. I mean, it's one of the things like there's two times where people have really started podcasts. It's back in 2020, the start of like COVID, which that's exactly what I did. I was like, you know what? Let me interview some of the, some of my peers. Let me share kind of what's going on, and it kind of just it grew from there. 
And then the other time period where everybody's starting podcasts is actually 2023 when they've realized that you can utilize technology to create like one podcast interview can literally turn into about 20 to 30 pieces of leverageable content that you could share throughout the month. And that's the, another reason why you're seeing the resurgence of podcast interviews again. Right. You know it's, what? That's actually up content great for you. Yeah. And we don't do that on the show yet. And I really should, because there's great content to strip out. And, you, you know, you really you do a great job. What's your view? Uh, to David's point, I'm going to shut up. It's David's show here. But I'm just curious. Like, how? What, tell us about the whole growth of that. I'm so fascinated by it. Really. It's like, on average, this year, it's been running about, like, between eight and 10,000 monthly downloads. So, you know, don't wow. know what that compares to, like, podcasts. You know, I've mostly head down recruiting and just, you know, sharing stories. But that's kind of, like, where it's at. It's about, like, eight to 10,000 downloads per month. That's, that's pretty impressive, really man. Impressive. I mean, I'm for, for, for a niche podcast, not like you're running, like, some... You know, bid podcast that appeals. It's, it's not Joe Rogan, right? It's it's very. Yeah. We're, we're in a niche market. It's very very niche, and that's that's a pretty impressive for for being uh, in, in a niche, and also for being um, not really selling anything else. I mean, you're a recruiter. You're not like you're selling a program, and not like you have a big distribution platform. You're just uh, you're just uh, some dude wearing a head of your shirt with the five o'clock shadow, uh, interviewing awesome recruiters. I mean, that's that's all it is, right? It's. Simple. I mean, I always, I always joke around like nobody, like nobody like cares about listening to me. They just really care about listening to the value that these guests are get, are giving, and that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. And like perfect example, like well, you know, Chris and I listen to you, but they do, Ben. Just like, just like Chris is on here for the reason because you speak the language and you facilitate. You're, you're one of the audience. I'm not. David used to be. He's, he's less so and removed, right? So I think it speaks mm-hmm. volumes. Anyway. Uh, I hope, and I'm going to shut up, but I hope our show gets the traction yours had and we replicate what you did, really. And, I mean, I I, I definitely think it's possible. I mean, before, like, we went live, I was like, okay, you guys need to, like, pull out the audio out of this, get this up on Spotify, get this up on Apple Podcasts. Because the weirdest thing is, is, like, I'll share the link on LinkedIn or Facebook and I'll get, like, two likes. And then, like, I look at the monthly downloads and I'm like, oh, right, like 8,000 downloads this month. So it's wow. really it's just like mm-hmm. like where people are searching and how people are consuming content and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's really like been interesting to see that growth and see how people are using different technologies to learn. Now I know that um, uh, you're not using the podcast in this in, in the way I'm about to describe it, but um, but I want to bring bring up a point before we get into. So I do want to talk about some of the guests you've had on. Uh, specifically, I want to I want to ask you who your favorite guest uh, was. No pressure to say it's me, but if it, it was me, feel free to say it. Uh, you know, again, it's either way. You know, I don't care. I'm, I'm humble enough to accept if I'm like number two. But what I'm trying to say though is, uh, <laughs> speaking of podcasts. Uh, uh, what you mentioned before about about uh, about podcasts, about how it's um, how it it, it it can generate a lot of a lot of reach for somebody. Well, and for recruiters who are having to go out there and 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 attempt to get new business, and in a market where uh, it, we're seen as commodities, let us be we're seen as commodities, and there's a ton of recruiters out there, we're all, we're all prospecting, we're all trying to reach the same people, and so if you're a recruiter. Starting your own podcast, uh, you, you probably get, you won't get the numbers that need that or that's what that that Ben has. Um, but that said, if you start a podcast, I know a lot of recruiters actually uh, uh, do much of their lead generation on, with podcasts. Because imagine be interviewing 
a, uh, a an industry leader on your podcast uh, and give them the opportunity to talk about themselves, with their leadership philosophy, how they got to where they were, you stripped their ego. I mean, how, how amazing is it to be able to interview leaders in your industry and build that relationship? And if, if you build that relationship, what's going to happen when they have a need? Most likely they're going to, if, if maybe they already have a recruiter, most likely they need a new recruiter. You're going to be on the top of that list because they already have a relationship with you versus you're trying to always get something from them and you're prospecting like everybody else does. I think, I think for anybody listening, uh, uh, take a page out of Ben's book and, and start thinking about how you can start your own podcast to get in front of prospects uh, in your market. I think it's a great, great business development tool. It is, it is. And that's why I see a lot of people starting podcasts in 2023. It is literally the secret weapon to get into a backdoor into companies' pockets and creating those relationships. Because think about this. Everybody has automation tools. Everybody knows they're in a drip sequence, whether LinkedIn or email or, or even like, you know, phone calls. How do you set yourself apart from the rest of all the other recruiters out there? Those, those hiring authorities are getting somewhere between like 60 to 100 plus messages a week or a month. And they just delete them. But at the same time, like if you send an email to that hiring authority, like, hey, I have this industry-focused podcast. I would love to highlight you as a guest. Most of the time, the answer is yes. And it is a dream from the communications department and the, like, the marketing department of having you on a podcast because there are so many tools that they could like strip great content from their executive to share and really just help share the company's story. And now you've built that relationship. So when you have that opening, or when they have that opening, you can literally just like walk in the door and be like, hey, you know, you, know, you already knew I was a recruiter. Let me, well, we already have a relationship. Not only, help you. Not only the, the, the benefit of the relationship you're developing with who's on your show, but like one of the things I used to notice for years was every time I would do a speaking engagement, for example, where I'd be on a panel or I'd be speaking at, at like a conference or something, without fail, I'd get a couple of new clients after that. The people that watched and re followed up with me later, some of the biggest clients I've ever had were from that. And I think that the, the podcasts are the same where, where people get to feel you out without directly engaging. You're not on the phone telling them, here's how Ben works, here's how Chris works. And they have to like respond, you know, instead they're, they're, they're watching. They're like, okay, this seems like somebody who I'd want to work with. And then they're choosing to engage with you as opposed to you like stalking them. Right. So I think that there's, there's some of that at play too. Because uh, that's, again, that's that type of, and I know speaking at a conference is a little different than a podcast, but in a lot of ways it's not because you're showcasing your expertise, they're learning a little bit about you and they're, they're deciding whether or not they want to engage with you as opposed to like you kind of putting them on the spot. And on, to top that off, it, it is a little more like kind of like speaking at a conference because here's the thing, like when you share like the, the links, the episodes or clips on places like LinkedIn, you're tagging that executive. And we, so because you're tagging that executive, you're now touching everybody in their network too. So you're creating an authority in their space by literally just highlighting somebody else. And, and it, it, here's something else as well is that um... – it also helps build your authority uh, in the market. So one one of the reasons why I have things like my Facebook group, um, and I've got to my my guide, and my videos, all I've got my app, all these different training things. Of course, my email list. The more that somebody can marinate in me, in my, in just who I am, and my and what I stand for, et cetera, the more likely they're going to want to do business with me if they like me. And if they don't, then hey, they can kindly you know get off my list. But the ones who do, and oftentimes I, I have an appointment, or though somebody else had an appointment with me. 
And uh, it's, it's like they already know me. I don't know them, but they've been in my world for, for years. They, and they, they feel like they know me, so I don't have to do the normal dancing monkey routine and trying to establish my credibility and here's why you should listen to me and blah, 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 blah. And in, in, in your world, it's as much the same way. I've got a, um, a buddy of mine uh, who owns a firm out west. He does, he does a, a, a med tech, med device. He runs a podcast, and he's run it now for a few years. And, uh, and I- interestingly enough, um, what he's seen – uh, as, far, as far as as far as the benefits of, of the podcast are from his outbound prospecting because he'll get people that respond back who say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen your podcast, right? And he, he has a higher reply because of that. When he's on the phone with somebody or he's, he's, he's in a meeting with somebody, they'll bring up, oh, yeah, I've seen your podcast. It, and it establishes him as an authority in the business, right? So it's not just about getting those people on your show. It's also about just as Ben Sony tagged the leader or the person that you've interviewed and their network sees it. The more you can do that, the more people start seeing you as an influencer, as a connector, and as a leader in the industry. And that's pretty big. I mean, it is yeah, one of the David, things that I've, I, I, I was going to say, it's one of the things that I've actually had happen many times, even though like my podcast is literally like wrapped around focusing on recruiting. I have like leaders in the GovCon space like, oh yeah, I know about you. Because of the, like, this goes back into DSP back in what, 2019, talking about being omnipresent. I am omnipresent on social media. So, literally, anytime these like executives in the GovCon space log on to LinkedIn, it's almost a guarantee that they will see me on LinkedIn. So that way, when I have reached out to them, they already know who I am. They've seen me over the mm-hmm. years. Like, so, it really does All the touch you know, points. Yeah. And it's one of the things that in marketing in 2023 and 2024 is we have like, we focus on typically the touch points. Mm-hmm. Now you have the, the social selling touch points are now intertwined into that. So that way it really just, you know, you're already there. You're already like sh- showing up. So, you know, they, they sometimes it's, I love it when they know who I am, when I'm just like, just trying to start out a conversation. Well, you know, no, it is when you, so you mentioned touch points are really great. It's, it's a really great point you bring up. You know, they say it takes 12 touches or 15 touches or whatever the number is to get in front of a prospect. And everybody always thinks that's a, it's a sequential email, 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 phone, email, phone. And then after 12 or 15, eventually they book a call. It's not like that. Just as, as you mentioned, Ben, it's all intertwined. They get an email over here, a voicemail over here, LinkedIn over here. They see your podcast over here. They see a comment from you over LinkedIn over here. They read a piece of content over here, another email over here. Just over time, you build this mind share with your audience. It's the reason why Coca-Cola puts a logo on the side of stadiums. Doesn't it's not it's not to sell more coke in that moment? Maybe it does, but it's just to build that mind share. You want to marinate like Coca-Cola. You want to marinate in Coca-Cola like we want to mm-hmm. marinate in DSP. Which, by the way, when you said that, David, I didn't hear what you said for the next ten minutes. I'm just picturing marinating in you, and I think I have, and I smelled like sour cheese. So just <laughs> just throwing that out there. Some people like that. Some people like that. Well, uh, well, Ben. So, so let's, let's let's talk about some of the guests you've had on. Um, don't. So let's let's not talk about me because again, you know, again, I know you're my your favorite guest, but let's talk about some of your other favorite guests. Um, so so looking at what we're coming into in the, in the next year, talk to me about maybe some of the um, uh, some of the guests that you might want to highlight that have that that would uh, be good people to follow. And to emulate going into next year. So Put let me just say here. this. One of the cool things about the, the podcast is like I have some of the best recruiters across the globe sitting there sharing their secrets, which is just super cool. So like and there are in recruiting, there are I need to find another analogy, but a thousand ways to skin the cat. 
Like there isn't just one offering. Like there are ways that you can offer your products, your services to that, to increase money across the board for your business. So like, I, I you know, had a recent podcast interview with somebody that has like an $85 million recruiting company. That's, you know, if you're looking at trying to scale from zero to 85 and seven, 85 million it's in seven years, guess what? There's a guest that you can listen to and connect with on there. Rohil Ahmed. If you want to, if you want to learn from a recruiter that is a seven figure biller, it doesn't use any automation at all, hates being on the phone and is almost never on the phone, but is able to pull Rich seven Rich figures a year. Oh, Rich, Rich, is, Rich lives on the phone. <laughs> Rich loves the phone. Oh, 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 oh yeah. live, I thought you said, oh, I thought you said, I, yeah, not on the phone. Who, who? Yeah, Crystal Parker. Like she is like mastered the NPC and like working with candidates. Like she literally breaks down in the podcast, like eight ways that she works with every single candidate. And that, that's made her a seven figure biller. And then of course, like, you know, you got like, the, like you said, Rich Rosen, one of the things like when you sit there and talk to some of these like successful seven figure billers year in, year out, like they don't sometimes realize what they're doing. It's such a habit. They've developed the system and the habit. Like, so one, that's one thing that you need to do is figure out your systems and your habits for your success. But two, like, you know, you sit there breaking down with Rich. Rich, Rich knows exactly who he's going to call every single day. Find me another recruiter that has that wakes up, shows up to their desk, and knows exactly the 50 people that they're going to call today for their jobs. Oh, like, yeah. How many? How many? But Rich goes and Very he few. does that. Like, yeah, he does that like sit like after hours. Like he doesn't think it's work when he's sitting there watching TV, like watching some football and kind of making sure his group list is together. But he does. And he sets up the day like no other recruiter I've ever seen. But yeah, there's uh, and it's, yeah, it's something to speak of that. Well, I'll speak of that. So, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Rich Rosen and and the fact that he he he, play, he plans really well, right? Uh, so he integrates his life and his his work, and he's sitting there on the couch, you know, watching whatever where it is. And figuring out who's going to call the next day. So that that'd be a good example of yeah, somebody who uh, is doing something that they're not aware of. Um, what what are some other examples? I'm curious. So like, let's say, um, what other examples can you think of? Of let's say habits, just in general habits. Let's talk about habits. What habits can recruiters uh, start implementing? So maybe that that's something that becomes second nature. I say one of the biggest ones that mm -hmm. I think like recruiters don't do but should be doing, but almost every single top biller does. They actually spend time planning out their day and planning out their week. It never like, you know, we live in the recruiting world where every, like, you know, we're putting out fires half the time. So the plans always change, but they know what their plans are. They know what they're focused on every single day. And like, I think the key point of this on top of that is almost every single top biller also has like a time to like, like evaluate at the end of the day, like end of day review. Like, okay, what did I do today? Did I move the needle forward? Did I do that? So that's the one big thing. Second one is like work ethic. Like there at the, it is so easy in today's like social media world to get caught up in noise and, you know, doom scroll on t like this, or like hop on TikTok and an, you lose an hour here, you lose an hour there. Like there, like a lot of these top billers, they have whether they're mapping their phone time or they're mapping their conversations, like everything from like, you know, moving marbles from one side of the desk to the other to make sure that they're hitting their numbers every single day. So the, I would say those are two of the biggest ones. And the, the, the surprising one is a lot of these top billers are creating leverageable assets. Mm -hmm. So like everybody knows them. So like they're like doing podcasts. Okay. Like they're like, what, like they're like Chris speaking at industry events. They're creating leverageable assets that create, make themselves authority in the space. And real quick, if you don't want to make a, be, make a podcast, 
like go be on an industry podcast. There are tons of industry podcasts out there. If you're like a legal recruiter, there's tons of, you know, legal podcasts. If you're a finance recruiter, there's tons of finance podcasts. Like, and, and once you're done with that, like if they should pop it on YouTube, uh, check this out. There's a website called opus.pro, O-P-U-S dot P-R-O. Literally drop the YouTube link in there and it literally hit enter and it will use AI and chat GPT to eat the podcast and create actionable social media clips that you can share on social media. No way. Okay. I'm looking at that right now. That's cool. Post that right now, David. We'll totally look into that for our show. I will totally. Yeah. Wow, I love that. I'm gonna be all over that later. I'll have the messages somewhere. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's like, I know, I know. DSP actually has like has a media team doing stuff, but not every single person has access to or has hired a media yeah. team. So there are so many different like AI tools like Opus Pro and Get Munch. You could throw your podcast interview into it, and it creates those clips that you can literally share on social media. So. Um, and I think that another craziest yeah. thing is people writing books, like books are kind of becoming books and podcasts are becoming the new, uh, uh, business cards. Yeah. So it's, it's just yeah, been interesting so to kind of see. Is it a charge thing? Opus is probably free. Opus pro is the, is they charge you for that. I'm not that I care, but it has to be. It's brilliant. Oh yeah. Well, it, you know, what's funny too, is like, Oh, sorry. Ben. Oh, the Opus pro, they charge you, but the first video is for free just to try it out. Well, if you think about before all we could start making all these clips and stuff for the years when mm -hmm. when a lot of like recruiters, whether you had a firm or a solo, you're always trying to think of like content to put out there, right? And it's a real bear to like just keep coming up with content, right? So like to just keep like producing, like you might be on a good tear for a bit where you have some posts and some engagement and this and that, and then it drops off because you get busy and you're you're doing your job and, and all of a sudden, you know, you don't have to put anything out there. And what's really fascinating about all this is that that you, if you just, you literally guest on somebody's show and this, people are always looking for guests. So a lot of the heavy lifting is done. You just show up and talk for a little bit about what you do. And then you drop it into one of these websites and then it just makes a bunch of little clips for you. And I mean, the, the, the power, like Ben was saying, even in the beginning of, how one interview can turn into tons of little snippets is is just really game changing because because this has really only been like I think the last couple of years we've really seen a lot of this last few maybe but like that solves a big problem in terms of like what do I put out there consistently with and and without having to you know it's it's an efficient approach if that makes sense right like you do the work once and then you keep repurposing it um, so I think I just that's anybody that that's it's huge. And, and now, I mean, like uh, you said, uh, oh, go ahead, uh, yeah, sorry, but well, I, I, I want to ask about that. I want, want to talk about the the assets you mentioned, the uh, uh, leverageable assets. Um, so, uh, finish that when you get a chance. But I do want to ask you after you do that. Uh, uh, I, I do want to find out of the folks you've talked to beyond just a podcast. What are some other leverageable assets that other recruiters you've interviewed have had that would be that could be good idea for other recruiters to maybe possibly emulate or try to create uh, for themselves? So there's one uh, recruiter that I interviewed. He's part of uh, a pedicle society, big biller. Mm -hmm. wrote, he wrote a book, but one of his other leverageable assets is he's created a online community of the people that he recruits and focuses on. So that, that so build an online community of kind of like the, you know, the industry that you're in is one uh, write a book is another. And there are so many recruiters out there that uh, I mean, have written books, but that one book is just, you know, they're, they're, Hey, it's, they can share that with their hiring managers. And it's one of those things that you're an authority in the space. How do you set yourself apart from all the other recruiters out there? 
and it's by writing a book, creating an industry uh, industry community. It's by creating a podcast. It's by creating content. And a newsletter seems to be also one of the new ones that's really picking up too. I was going to mm-hmm. say, I was going to say, is that old school or new? Because I was going to bring that up, right? Because you can put it to a blog, whatever you do. And with AI now and ChatGPT, you can just create so much wonderful things to become that expert. I was saying newsletters, it makes sense to me that it's coming back. And one of the the cool like newsletter websites is called Beehive. It's really made for like the creators out there, for small community creators. Oh, look, some, uh, somebody just mentioned that they started writing their book yesterday. Awesome. Congrats on that. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah so, so, so speaking of that, yeah, so the uh, uh, newsletter movement that they're talking about, and I noticed that as well. So, uh, and, and that's, that's a bit different than, let's say, like like a typical drip campaign. So for, for that, like the, the newsletters, yeah. they, at least the ones that I see coming up, the ones, the big ones, are the ones that, that maybe they'll come out weekly, and it's, it's, su- it's super long form. And a lot of those will have like many resources. Like in fact, you can see uh, you know two, three, four different authors all in the same newsletter. Like say guest authors. There's promotional spots. They make it like a like a big thing. Um, so that's what I'm seeing nowadays. Well, I've not done that myself, but uh, but I have seen that, and that it, it seems like it's it's it's, it's becoming a pretty big thing. Um, well, let me ask you this: uh, in terms of um, because I know the other stuff's kind of hard, right? So you've got uh, you know some books, podcasts, etc. Um, I think what what do you think is the Let's go back to podcasts. So obviously, podcasts are great. Having a podcast is 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 a great, largeable asset, as you mentioned. But what are some of the the things that you wish you would have known before? Because I'd imagine when you did this, you probably made a lot of mistakes going. Oh, in. I made a ton of I made a ton of mistakes, and like you're gonna laugh at this. One of the biggest challenges I dealt with was dealing with technology and like how to do things. Like one, you can like outsource everything to Fiverr. You can hire a VA to, to do some of this stuff. Um, but there's technology now that you can literally do a, have a, a podcast, a successful podcast working like two to three hours a week. And that wasn't how it was back in 2020. When I, when I started, it was like figuring out this tool, figuring that tool. If I wanted to hire somebody, it was like a thousand dollars. Now like you can go to Canva, create your podcast art, like the little jumping man that I have, I literally t- went into Canva back in 2020 and typed podcast art. And that was like a third thing that showed up. I just haven't changed it since then. Like Canva is a great tool for- Can I add everything <laughs> before I forget? I got Ben this tool that I use. It was advertised to me on Facebook as Canva meets ChatGPT. It's called AI Creative. It's it's amazing. It's where all my ads that you've seen recently in the groups, that's where it comes from. You whip up those gorgeous looking ads and it just does it for you. It's amazing. Like just FYI. Yeah. I mean, like there's yeah. technology saving today. Like, but just on steroids, on steroids with like it's a it's a 20 second work versus 10 minutes. But keep going. Sorry, Michael. Oh yeah. Um, and another one that I like, I use Riverside for recording. I know you guys are using StreamYard, which is our stream labs, which is another great one. Uh, Riverside just does such a great job with like having breaking apart the videos. Um, mm-hmm. Like when it comes to editing your podcast, there's a program called the script. What it does is literally ed- edits it like a word document or it transcribes it like a word document. And then you edit it like a word document. So you, I literally delete the ums, delete the, I know, or, you know, since I say that so, so many times and then, you know, the hosting software, pod, uh, Spotify for podcasters, it's free. You can literally mm-hmm. upload your, your audio there. And there you go. You, you now have a podcast and right. you can you get an intro. And we're steal from you. Do you know, we're going to have what? to talk to you offline again. And we, we're going to steal a ton <laughs> from you. We need to, and we will like, this is all good for us. Just for everyone yeah. else out there. You're never too big or for your britches, right? Like the great stuff. And seriously. Thank all you. right. So, so now I want to know, um, 
uh, of all the interviews you've done, uh, what have been the most memorable? Not necessarily the best. I think it'd be the best, but the most oh, memorable. You just David, want one category, David, don't you? David, David just wants David, one category. Sad to Not watch. Not myself. It's like, bro, like, really, like, who would you say is the like, most bearded person you've ever had on the show? <laughs> <laughs> of all the people you've interviewed who live in your Florida, most who guest. is your favorite? <laughs> I'm going to go with DSP. That would be Donnie Gupton. Donnie Gupton gives him a run for his money on a beard. I oh, yeah. He's got a great beard. He's got, is it got Gupton, Gulf is Coast, in, in the Gulf Coast of Florida, who is your favorite guest? Like <laughs> Somebody has three initials. He goes by the three initials. Of your, of David your Middle Patterson. <laughs> All right. All right. So, but yeah, but seriously, who is your most memorable guy? You guys are picking on me. That's it's not in the, that's not in the room. Let's make it easy. That's an obvious one. Who who was? Yeah, that's a big room. question. I mean, actually, one of my favorites recently was uh, Tom Alessio, and like his story nice. of like being literally up against the wall, and so he decided to leave his firm. His, like, he actually built, helped build the firm, put everything on the line for multiple years. And then everything came crashing down. The owner went psycho. And he's just like, you know what? I have a non-compete. I, you know, I'm going to go chase my own dream. I'm going to do this for my family. And so he like drove multiple states away due to the non-compete, slept on the floor, rented an office space, and literally just pounded the phones until he built his company. That is an amazing story. That is amazing. That's great. I love, like, I love the kind of stories. That's great. And it makes you think about it. It's like, you know, what are you doing? It was like one of the things that I, when I got done, I was like, man, like it really is when your back is against the wall, are you creating a plan B in your mind? Or are you giving it everything that you got? Mm-hmm. 100%. Makes and there's, there's nothing more motivating than like the head. Nothing more motivating than the head. That that is a, that is a great story. I, I, actually, I've not I've, I've seen that podcast. I've not listened to it yet. I have to listen to it. That sounds like oh, a great and real one. and real quick for the listeners, like he, he mm-hmm. wasn't single while doing this. He had a family and like healthcare, like you know medical expenses, all sorts of stuff. And he was just like, well, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it, and I need to go all in. And listen, that is the great I thing about this, about this business. Guy from Adam, right? So he starts up from nowhere. Uh, we all know who he is. All of us in this room know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's all over the groups. He's done pie immediately. He decided to go in guns a blazing. I remember seeing. Yeah, he does a weekly live uh, chat. It's yeah. great. It's round tables. Every but immediately he did right. So mm-hmm. anyone could do it. And also, like I, when I got into it too, like it's never too late. I started a LinkedIn group when LinkedIn was really big because I knew it was a real key. I have like thirty thousand people on there, and I use those people to drive them to the Facebook group. And then David was gracious enough to help me and ingratiate me into the community. But I say, if you want to do it, get a plan and just do it. Just jump right in. I didn't think about it, right? I just did it, yeah. right? And it, it, I mean, it's the kind of thing what we've been talking about this whole time. It's like a lot of these top recruiters are like, including you guys are doing something a little different than everybody else. And you got to figure out what that little difference thing is, is best for you and just put action behind it. A lot of action. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I love the, I love those, uh, those, those stories. Like again, for Thomas about him uh, driving several states away, sleeping on the floor, paying, banging out calls. I think a lot of recruiters, especially the younger recruiters that maybe came in when the, uh, uh, the business was booming and you could make placements despite yourself. 
despite yourself. And I think a lot of recruiters will do very would, would do very well to listen to, to some of those episodes and 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 listen to some of those stories about the hardships that many recruiters, in fact, many of us had to go through. And during recessions, or when we had to, like, like Tom's would, would start a new firm, or we, or just bad things that happened to you in general, right? That's the great thing about this business. One placement can turn it all around. Oh, but one, also, one, one of the bad things about placement. this is you can, what? I was going to say, like, one placement can completely change your life about this. One quarter can literally set up your entire family. That's one of the coolest things about this business. And, like, you know, it, it kind of also goes back into DSP's story. Like, and he shared this in, like, one of the early podcast episodes. I was like, hey, DSP, do you want to kind of, like, hop on a podcast? I got this this whole thing I'm doing. He's like, sure, why not? You know, big DSP. And, like, he literally, like, breaks down into, like, literally his back against the wall, losing his company, like, not knowing what to do, and then realizing – and the work that he had to do to completely turn the ship and move everything around in the middle of a downturn of the economy. It's those lessons that you hear that you can relate to. Like it sucks right now, but as long as I keep swimming and I push harder, I think smarter, I've learned some new tactics. Like at, at the end of the day, if you keep driving and you keep making enough calls, you keep doing enough emails, enough podcast interviews, something is going to change. Hundred percent, and and certain and certain something like a podcast, for example. Well, for many, for most recruiters, they probably think of that as something that is completely foreign to them. It's out of their comfort zone. How do I even do it? I'm not. I've got a face built for radio, so I can't do anything what, what, uh, video based. All, all these excuses, and you know, the funny thing is, and I got this advice from. Um, I forget who I got it from. I got it from somebody. Somebody somewhere mentioned this, but I, but it stuck in my head. Not the person who said it, but the but the lesson stuck in my head. And basically, was that the best time to start being public? The best time to start is when no one's listening, right? When you don't have an audience, just start. Because what's going to happen is because no one's listening, it doesn't matter if you suck. But by doing it over and over and over again, you get good. And by the time people are starting to listen, by that time you're already good. So. In essence, start now. If you think you're not ready, start now because you'll get ready. But you can always, but you, but if you wait until you're ready, well, you're never going to be ready, and you're never going to start. Just start it. Like, I mean, it's kind of. I think I, I think like one of the reasons why I started this was a combination of like, yeah, I think it was a you know DSP talking about finding ways to be omnipresent. Two, like the market took a tank and like the world stopped during COVID for a short while, and three is. Like I really was just having fun sharing stories. And one of the cool things about like podcasting is like I'm I I don't feel like I'm the star of the show. I sometimes hate hate like being the face of it. When people are just like Benjamin Elite Recruiter Podcast, I'm like the Elite Recruiter Podcast. But one of the cool things is like I'm sitting there having great conversations with a guest. I'm shining the spotlight on them. And because I'm shining the spotlight on them, and they're talking like night like 80% of the time, the spotlight is getting shown back on me because I'm focusing on them. And that's one of the cool things. Like if you don't want to be the center of attention, like there are ways to go out there and not be the center of attention, but still create this omnipresent uh, authority in the space mm. that's going to help your business. Yeah. The good thing about a podcast, especially like an interview style podcast, you don't have to do all the talking. I don't know what to talk about. Great. Doesn't matter. Ask your guests questions about their own career and their life and their leadership philosophy, how they got through it. People love talking about themselves. People always have stories uh, that, that they like to share. Everybody has like a, what a good half dozen stock stories that we share all the time that kind of give a, a little glimpse into who we are. Just like Ben, you, you don't, it, let them do 80% of the talking. Just ask well, good questions. And you know, actually, the stories, that, oh, oh, oh go, Chris. I've got a question, sorry. but go for it. 
as oops, as far as the stories, sometimes when I move my mic, I mute the damn thing. So the the stories piece, what's I really find interesting about your approach, Ben, is that you have uh, you know, you're not just talking to everyone about their whole full story from like start to finish. It's I mean, there's a little bit of that for intro, but it's geared around a specific topic. This recruiter does this really well. This recruiter does this really well. This and I think that that's like pretty fascinating because you're you're allowing them to tell their story, but you're still kind of keeping it within guardrails for a particular theme so that you're kind of going for a, a particular like everybody's got like a little bit of their backstory in there, but you're 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 guiding them still. Um, which again, like you could have a whole podcast of a hundred people that all just talked about their story of how they started their own firm, but like yours has like a little twist to each of them that just kind of keeps it focused on a particular topic. Cause like when I've gone through and listened to yours, what I've done when I go on Spotify is I just scroll through and I look at the topics more so than the individuals, although sometimes the individuals catch my attention and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I'd like to know how they do that. And I listen to that one. So Right. Things that like like DSP mentioned, like you learn through going. It and like quick tangent, it's always weird. Like seeing like my initial like few first few episodes like shooting up on like the listening charts, and I'm like, oh my god, I was so bad then at asking questions. I was so bad at like like getting helping people share stories. But you know, it is through lessons learned. Like I I have it kind of like set up this way where it's the 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 hook, the intro, and then the meat of the story. And then I, I have it then sectioned into actionable insights after that before I, we wrap up. And it's really just trying to get that, that, that meet where they're like, they're talking about their life. They're talking about the things that they're doing, the things that it can really make a difference in your recruiting business. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the focus. So good, good job pointing that out, Chris. Excellent. Well, well let, me ask, let me ask you this. Um, so, so I, on that topic, so looking back at the interviews that you've had, um, what would you say – uh, uh, for someone who is going to be starting a podcast, for example, like for, for their for their business, um, what would you say they need to do to start setting that up? So obviously, um, learn how to get, ask great questions. Obviously, but I mean, I guess what are the building blocks that someone needs to if they if they want to start this? Let's say beginning of January January twenty four. Like, what do they need? What do they need to do? So. I mean, first of all, like it's a get your tech stack ready, which is pretty simple. You can start on Zoom, like Riverside, get your editing platform or outsource that. Uh, Descript is the editing platform. If you can, there's plenty of different hosting sites that you can host it. Um, I use podcast.co, but you can go to Spotify for podcasters for free. It'll teach you how to like every time you upload something to Spotify, it can get sent out to all the other places like Apple podcasts. So that's really like the, the key things. But one of the biggest things that um, I would definitely say is, like you want to kind of guide your listeners. So one of the like the worst things that, that people don't like doing is like when they hop on a podcast and it's just like they're not prepared on what questions you're gonna go. So I I even though like it sounds like rough, like where, you know, or a story, but I actually send uh, like kind of like show notes and I kind of like bullet point guidelines so that way like the guests are prepared, they're thinking about how they want to answer the question because a guest that has thought about the answer gives a way better answer sometimes than a guess that's like spot on, like out on the spot. Like, you know, you get a real answer spot on, but sometimes they like, I've had people like when I wasn't doing that, they're like, Oh man, I forgot to say this. I, I wanted to say this. I didn't think about that. So, um, I, and really just, you know, have fun. Like, you know, mm-hmm. don't stress yourself out by doing these first few podcasts. Like maybe like the first one or two, like make sure it's an acquaintance that you know, like really well, because, oh my God, like, and don't worry about the mistakes that you're going to have. I've, I've had podcasts where I've, 
Now on my mic right here, there's a mute button. I've accidentally hit that mute button, not knowing, and I've had the person like log off and log on like 17 times because thinking that they're the issue. Like, I mean, there's all sorts of like <laughs> little things that like just happen, like that you just just roll with the punches, but try to make sure that you're, like you're actually interested in the conversation and you're not looking to just say like the next thing. So, and that like we're recruiters, we're great at like becoming storytellers for the companies that we're working with. We're great at becoming storytellers for the candidates that we're like MP seeing. So become a great storyteller when you're actually like doing a podcast interview. And after like five episodes, you'll start getting that flow. Interesting. Um, Let me ask you this. So, so, so with that said, Let's actually switch topics here a little bit. We, we talk a lot about, about the podcast, and I want to make sure that we're covering your niche because that's one thing. Because a lot of people don't realize that you're not just a good-looking podcast host, um, you know, with, uh, with with an amazing five o'clock shadow, but you're actually a, a, a recruiter, independent recruiter as well. So you started. I think you started your firm. What? It was a three. It's been three years. It's been four years. It's been four, I believe. It was like 2018. Uh, yeah, it was like 2018. It was like, uh, if you want to, like, okay. let me give some Five credit to then. DSP. Yeah, let me give some credit to DSP. DSP did a good job, like, kind of like, you know, helping prepare me for that jump when that jump did happen. Yeah, you know, w- one of the things I would highly recommend, if you are listening to, in this group, like the Hurt group, and you have not bought any of DSP's programs, like, just pull the trigger. Like, he gives so much, you know, you know, sometimes Thanks, a little long winded. But like he gives so much actionable advice. <laughs> he gives so much actionable advice. And like some of the programs that are out there like are easy, like ten thousand dollars that you know DSP has it for like two fifty or ninety-nine dollars when it goes on sale. And it has just as much value as some of these other like ten thousand dollar programs that are being marketed and sold. But like listen to it. He's ahead of the curve on many things. Like if you're looking at making the jump or you're looking at making some changes to business, dig into some of his content that he has on in some of his trainings. It is fucking gold. David, go ahead. Put on your shit. Put on your <laughs> link while they're there. Put it up. Let oh, yeah. I don't I, actually I don't have any links at the moment for any of my my little courses, but I do have a my agency growth machine. It actually is one of the higher ticket ones. So if anybody's interested in having a sales marketing system deployed for you, go to realdc.me forward slash Build. Deployed for you, though. Deployed for you is indeed a Ben's point. And I've used David as a consultant for me to deploy stuff. So that's the difference. So, Ben, speaking of gold, talk to us about the work that you do, the the, the government contracting space, because that's a very interesting space for a lot of people that maybe they want to delve into. It's its own animal. So GovCon is a exciting space. There are so many different sides of GovCon, whether cleared cleared side or the, all, all the other government agencies. It's a it's an industry where you can put some teams together and then like later on watch the news and be like, oh yeah, I kind of put together the team that kind of caught that bad guy or did that thing. So there's never a dull moment in GovCon, but it is a completely different beast that you have to learn. And outside of a government shutdown, one of the nice things is like the federal government typically pays their bills. And a lot of these like large government or these government contractors, if they don't have these positions filled, one, the, it, the mission can fail. Two, if, there, if there's too many like positions that aren't filled, they can actually lose their ability to bid for that kind of government work ever again. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of stress points. It's a great place to learn. It's a, I mean, a great place to like have a recruiting business, but it's a completely different beast that, like, you know, you have to understand the nuances of these how government contracts work, 
And, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, every time I have like, you know, people asking about the space, I'm like, all right, let's break down some of the nuances. Let's break down some of the, this stuff. So that way you're not chasing a bunch of, uh, chasing a bunch of positions that you will never actually get paid on. So, 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 so GovCon work, is, is it, is it, so are you actually contracting with the federal government directly or are you working for companies that already fully contracted and you're staffing for them? Like how does so, that? I, so I, we decided for our business to not become an actual government contractor. That is a great place to go for many people. We like to kind of just sometimes like, you know, when you're talking about building a long-term business or, you know, mm-hmm. or building a, light, a, a large company. Becoming a government contractor is a great way to go, but we've decided like, that we're building a lifestyle recruiting company. So, mm-hmm. you know, we like to shut it down and head overseas for weeks at a time. And it's a little harder when you're crushing some 90 hour weeks in the GovCon space, like chasing BDs and chasing proposals. So, but if you are looking at doing that, like in reality, almost every single government contractor is really just a very complex staffing firm. Right. And if you are a solo and you're thinking about going to that space, because I did some of this with New York State a lot, not so much with the federal government, but there's some similarities. And there's a lot of long term contract work that if you once you do wiggle your way in and sometimes it takes a while to get some people working. But then I think there's 18 month contractors I put to work about 15 years ago. They're probably still making somebody money. And they pay their bills. They pay their bills. And do every so, time so but here's the thing you're like well shit if i go do that if i bid on these proposals uh where they want to see my capabilities in terms of my insurances and my ability to uh, you know uh, manage employ all these people etc cetera, etc cetera. you know from your perspective ben as someone who i know you're kind of servicing indirectly a government business but if partnering with like like a company like neil's could that give enough firepower to a solo recruiter to maybe bid on some of this work and go after? I mean, there's a lot more to winning the work, but in terms of being able to fulfill it and meet some of the requirements to, to, to bid, like, is, is there a path there? So as long as it's not the, uh, the cleared side of the house, like as long, like there are many opportunities where like you can pull in like a boss to kind of come in and handle a lot of the back office operations to really like save you on the immense amount of time because and pressure and dealing with all the paperwork that it, it requires to be a government contractor. But when you're putting those, like I actually have put on, put in a few like uh, RFPs and a few bids and, you know, have won some stuff, but you really have to build out a capability list and like pulling in, like a Neil or pulling in like another teaming partner and stuff like that can really just help like be the difference because every, and here's the, here's the fun thing about government contracting. Like, you know how, like we're out there chasing the work, like everybody's in there, like, you know, five recruiters trying to chase like the one company that to get to help them place people. Same thing is happening on the government side. Like every single company is out there putting together these like RFPs and the proposals that are five to 500 pages long, telling the federal government the pricing of what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and why they're a better option than, than all the other companies. So once they do that, if they win the work, now they have to go fill the work. And that's where the recruiting comes in. <laughs> and that's where like our specialist, our specialty is, is like coming in the back end and helping these like government contractors fill the stuff because most of these like mid-level like like i'd say small to mid-level government contractors they're great at actually putting together proposals they have enough relationships to be able to hop on these teams and become like subcontractors but they like suck at the staffing side of the house and that's where we come in because that's our specialty but yeah it's 
like pulling at a team, having a team like with Neil, with boss and having some like other partners that you can kind of like rely on uh, to help your capability statements is going to be a game changer. Yep. So, and so these aren't, the, so, house, so these aren't, uh, I start going you. It's on the weird side of the house. The complication is referring to the security mm -hmm. clearance, which is a whole animal makes it really sophisticated. And to Ben's point, if you want to get into it, there's lots of ways to work with these people that get the bid and you can, you, so you'll subcontract as a third party grant. You go corporate, there's lots of things you can do. A lot of them are 1099 employees as well. You don't even need to employ them. Some of them, a lot of them are cleared employees that they want, right? And whether they're cleared or not, right? There's lots of options. Options is sometimes you'll employ them or through us. Other times they'll do it and you just provide the talent. So there's it's a whole world. It's just, okay, sorry, David. I just want to clarify. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, so so speaking of that, so um, now now two things. First off, obviously they they pay their bills on time, but it's easy to do so when you print money out of thin air. I'm just well, they pay them not always on time, but they pay them always. Yeah, I mean, like in the Fed. We, before I made the before I made the jump to my own firm, I I was supporting a five hundred and fifty million dollar program that we staffed up pretty quick, mm -hmm. and the government didn't pay for seven months, so they had to go like get some like credit lines to help pay like for the two hundred fifty people we staffed up on. Oh, yeah. But oh, they, like, they 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 went back and paid, and one of the things about the federal government, if they're behind on their payments, they actually have to pay interest too. Man, that's uh, well. Like I guess I'm, I'm I'm a big libertarian guy, you know. So everybody kind of knows me as anti-government. So, uh, but there's uh, a question uh, I think is worth. There's a quick question here I think is worth addressing, where it says how are you yeah, finding totally, each client's totally totally contract. Totally so totally yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to share like from what I tried with like the, with the state level, and then I been with the federal. So what what I did was you think about when you're prospecting companies, just look at what they do, right? If you see a company that seems to largely provide solutions in the government space. When the way you approach a lot of them, and this is the same way when I used to provide a lot of staff to like like MSPs and stuff like that too, is basically like, hey, listen, here's what I do. I recruit in this space, this kind of talent. I don't provide contractors, whatever, but you guys, when you win a bid in this space, I know that delivery is always a challenge. So let me be one of your prime subcontractors. Let's let's talk about how we could work together or let me earn the opportunity to be on your list. Because you, the thing is you go and you know that they sub stuff out. So even just by going and saying, like, I'd like to be a subcontractor for when you win projects and you don't have enough people on your bench and you need to look at external resources, I'd like to be a resource for you. Let's talk about that now. So when opportunities come, we can partner together. That's always been my approach and it's worked pretty well. I don't know about you, Ben. I mean, it's, it's one of the things like, I, and let me just clarify for that. Like we, we really don't chase being a sub K, but it's almost the exact same thing. Like, a chase that you would be doing for filling positions anyways the just the language right. that you're chasing is different like in the way that yeah. you're approaching it is different but yeah i like it's almost the same attack but you're just looking at it from a different lens and i know somebody just popped like fed biz office it's great what's cool is like artificial intelligence is changing the game also in the government contracting space there's companies like uh it's a sweet spot it kind of like pulls everything in with algorithms so it's easier to search for uh, government contracts there's stuff like uh, procurement services and rogue which actually use chat gpt to build out capabilities and build out proposals mm -hmm. they're very focused on the government contract space also 
That is pretty amazing. It's, it's amazing what ChatGPT is going to do nowadays. But uh, all right, folks, I think we should probably wrap up, up this interview. Uh, we're about two minutes uh, uh, under the hour, so it's time for us to get this thing wrapped up. Uh, ben, it was great having you on the show. Thank you very much for having us, for for, for, for being on the show with us, uh, despite despite – uh, despite the fact that you knew I was going to ask you if I was your favorite uh, uh, interviewer. Or interviewee, Wait, I thought we so. were on his show right now. Aren't we on his show? What's going on? <laughs> but this is confusing. Oh, speaking um, of which, but, for a guest, how yeah. would you like to have one guest with three personalities called the Headhunters Live join the Elite you know, Recruiter Podcast? Would you like to do that? I, I think that would be, a, that'd be awesome. But Let's yeah, I think it'd be fun. I think. And you know, it's one of the things. If you're if you're listening this far in the podcast, like the the three like hosts have done so many amazing things. They've added so much value to the space. Like definitely, like everything DSP has done for the recruiting in, in, environment for years. Like Chris, like my God, talking about optimization and building out your desk and also working with VAs. Like he is a specialist. Go and ask him questions. And Neil, like if you need back office op- like operations, he's the go to person. So like the, every single person that's hosting this show. Go make sure and do some digging. Ask some questions. Like, how do you, like dig in? Like, like who? How can you not utilize a VA right now? Chris, Chris is the person to go to. DSP, like learning how to be omnipresent. My God, like if you want to laugh, like I had to learn how to actually build a recruiting business. And the reason why? It's because DSP helped me out with his like his stuff, his courses. If it wasn't for him, like I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Well, I will say if anybody wants to check out the Elite Recruiter podcast, of course, you can find it on Spotify. And also, you've got a pretty snazzy new website, I see, uh, at EliteRecruiterPodcast.com. And uh, so, in fact, I think you've got a lot of your uh, – I think all of your past episodes are on there, right? They're all categorized. All the past, all the past episodes. And if you want a good laugh, like that's another like, tech, tool, tech tool that is amazing. Like we spent like a few months trying to build a website and my God, like I suck at tech. Like it, is, it looked like crap. Found a website called PodPage. Uh, all I literally did was just like typed in my podcast and it created that webpage within like five minutes. David. No way. Go, go David. That's we amazing. <laughs> the show we'll have our your assistant do that anyway that is great, great that's great man i love this i love this all right, folks. Well, it's time for us to wrap up. Go to EliteRecruiterPodcast.com. I'm going to uh, throw a few things in there as well. If you want a back office staffing solution, I highly recommend going to BackOfficeNow.com uh, forward slash staffing. This is, in full disclosure, this is Neil's company. Uh, and despite that, it's still the best <laughs> back office uh, solutions provider out there by far. So go to BackOfficeNow.com forward slash staffing. Uh, uh, the value that you get. Uh, you get a branded app. I'm not going to go to all things here, but it's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, so go there. Uh, and for me, if you want a sales and marketing system built out, go to realdsp.me forward slash build. Uh, and we'll wrap it there. Ben, thank you. Great to have you on the show. Uh, Thanks, and we'll love to guys. have you on again very soon. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace out.